Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. Today, Jean-Paul Yeagers, Head of Investment Strategy, and Mike Haslam, Head of Fund Distribution, discuss the escalating trade tensions with the recent US threats of tariffs on Mexican goods, and discuss if there's any truth in the adage, sell in May and go away until St. Ledger Day. Welcome to Word on the Street. My name is Mike Haslam, and this is my opportunity to review the week and take a look at the main stories that have been making the headlines. And to help me, I'm joined by uh, Jean-Paul Yeagers, um, Head of Investment Strategy at Barclays Investment Solution. Thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. So it's been another eventful week in what has been Prime Minister May's last week in office. Uh, The gloves are off now to find the next Conservative leader who will become the next British Prime Minister. Uh, We've also had, towards the end of the week, the Peterborough by-election. A very different result came out from there um, to what we saw in the recent European elections. Uh, The Brexit party has not yet got their first member of parliament. Plus, of course, we can't forget that uh, President Trump uh, was on a a visit to the UK. Uh, But none of these really had any effect or much effect on global stock markets. Investors are still focusing on one topic, and that is uh, the global trade war. So, JP, let's start from there. The latest in the trade tension is that President Trump has announced tariffs for Mexican goods. Now, was that a a surprise? Yes, I think for most investors that was a surprise. Most investors would have thought that the US president would first agree a deal with the, the Chinese and then turn to Europe and Japan, in particular to the car industry. Instead, we have seen he's picking a trade dispute on multiple fronts. It's not new that trade is being used as a weapon to, to achieve non-economic goals uh, like IP in China or immigration in Mexico. Uh, but I think the timing is, is, is very surprising for some investors. Okay. Now, you and I were talking about this the other day and you were, you were explaining to me how uh, the, the tariffs um, in play for Mexico are very different to what has happened with, with China. Can you just explain that again for us? Yeah, that is indeed the case. So what we've seen with China is that tariffs have been imposed on specific products and this created that initially the problem was for corporate America. So then the, the companies could choose whether to absorb the cost of these uh, tariffs into their margins. Gradually, as the list has been expanded, it becomes more a problem for the American consumer. In the end, they will pay the price. With Mexico, we've seen that the announcement was on all goods, making this directly a larger issue. Uh, Mexico exports $350 billion of US dollars of goods to the US just last year. And what about the fact that uh, the two countries are neighbors you know, with, a, with a land border? Does that, does that matter? Well, it, it, it complicates matters as the economies are more interwoven uh, for products uh, before it becomes a finished good. Some crosses the border multiple times. Does any retaliation uh, could make it quite complex and, and could, you could see a snowball effect if items cross the, the border a number of times before they are a finished product. So is that, so what snowball effect is that where a product gets um, taxed many times backwards and forwards? Indeed, indeed. Okay, so and so how does this matter for the ordinary investor? It, it tells us that the approach of using trade as a weapon for non-economic means is, is the new norm. Uh, it is not just a case of looking for China and looking for a deal. Um, tariffs will hit the newswires more often and uh, risk the potential of a policy mistake because at different areas we see that they have different consequences and still for a lot of economists and investors it's quite hard to unpick what the exact consequences will be. Um, 
don't get too obsessed with the news headlines. It's very complex and the exact consequences are hard, very hard to second guess. Think of rerouting, so in the impact on Indonesian exports uh, compared to Chinese exports. Think of substitution, so if you have one brand being imposed tariffs, you could have pick another brand, like for instance jeans, uh, just to name two examples. And also remember that shallow dips uh, are the norm, and especially after very elongated expansions, like we've seen, for example, in the 60s or the 90s, they typically have been followed by shallow uh, recessions. Because even if growth would slow down, uh, it's not the end of the world. But if these trade tensions do result in some kind of lower global economic growth, what can central banks do from here? Uh, central banks uh, still can achieve lower interest rates. Uh, so, if, for example, if you look to the Bank of England, uh, we've also seen some central banks lower interest rates uh, if we look to Australia, New Zealand, China, and also the Federal Reserve in the US and the Eurozone have suggested they can reduce interest rates if that's necessary. Um, so I, I think central banks still can do something, and that's definitely where capital markets are banking on. Okay, thanks, JP. Um, the whole global trade story, I believe, you know, I feel it's something we will be um, covering again very shortly. It seems to be there are, there are all sorts of twists and turns. Let's now move on and onto something else. I just want to finish off by looking at um, the fact that we've we've now we've now just seen the end of May. And I'm talking about the month of May, and we are we are now entering the summer months. And it reminds me of the phrase. There's a well-known phrase that goes, "Sell in May and go away. Don't come back till St Ledger's Day." Now, I was looking at looking into this into the into the background, the history of the phrase um, earlier in the week, and it originates from the old days of stockbrokers, so many decades ago. And this was a time when stockbrokers in London would, during the summer months, go back to their Scottish retreats for, for, for a summer of shooting, hunting, fishing, and generally relaxing. And then the St. Ledger's Day is important because St. Ledger's is a horse race run at Doncaster every year in September. And it's the last race of the traditional flat race season in the UK. So the stockbrokers, after a summer of relaxing and fishing and attending the horse racing, stockbrokers will then arrive back in London after St. Ledger's Day, um, um, fresh and ready to get back to work. Hence the phrase, don't come back till St. Ledger's Day. <laughs> to be honest, I think it probably says a lot about how the city used to be run uh, many decades ago. But JP, in terms of markets and, you know, kind of, is there any truth in this, in, in how markets behave during the summer months? Well, if, if you look at the historical data, we've seen often in the summer months that there tends to be more often periods of volatility so that uh, equities, uh, equity prices drop. Um, but I think we have to be a little, and often then liquidity is used as an argument that in the summer period is less liquidity and if you get some wobbles, they're more exaggerated. But I think we have to be a little bit careful here because if you have a lot of data points, you also could get statistical artifacts. So there will be months, there must be months that will be very positive months, there will be months that will be very negative months. Um, so if there's not an economic sound intuition, you need to be a little bit careful. Also, as an investor, if you would divest for those period of months, you forgo, you could forgo an average uh, risk premium and even if the, if the market returns less than otherwise would have. So you need to be careful with that as well. And in general, I tend to be skeptical with, with average calendar effects, especially using it in the context of an investment decision that is economically significant. JP, as always, you talk sense, you make it all sound so simple and obvious. Thank you very much for your time today. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.